So sin is worse than bees. Bees sometimes, for some people, they'll kill. Dave knows what that's like to almost be at the point of death more than once with the bees, I guess. So this time you didn't have to take a shot or anything then? But you actually lived without totally shutting down. So the shots they did, did help. Okay. Or whatever that was done. They'd give you little shots for a month or something? Or Oh, really? Huh. Well, let's see. Does anybody have any something they want to say? Something God's been doing in your life? Something you're excited about? Or something you're having a battle about? So everybody wants me to talk, huh? All right. Well, I actually have something to say. It's really good. I got a lot to say. But God has a lot more to say. And he could say a lot with just a couple words. So I guess by way of announcements, there's very many of us here, but by way of announcements, what are some of the things coming up? I'll ask you, I'll ask you, see if I've done any good last month in announcing things that are coming up. Well, that's only one thing. What's coming up before that? Are there two things there? Huh? Oh, yes. Well, no. Yeah, that. There's something else coming up, too. So what all's coming up here as far as by way of announcements? Yes. Yes. And when is that happening? Here in this meeting place. Probably here. Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll do it there. I don't know. And it can be that you can have your children there, too. Yeah, they worked on it while I was gone for two days. I went clear to, I went clear to Portland and back. I went over there Thursday and come back Friday. So thank you, Gloria and Jackie, for doing that. A lot of work. Okay, so we got that. The next thing is Teen Challenge, and that's up there somewhere. 24th, that's next week. And they're going to spend overnight here, a bunch of them. And then if anybody wants to come down Saturday night, or, you know, if you're close by, you're welcome to. They'll probably have, we'll probably have a lot of impromptu talks. Did last time anyway, so I'm expecting some more of the same. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So what else? Brother Russell Stindall, Lord willing, will be here. He's the brother that they were doing the movie with. We kind of helped. Well, Alexia's daughters were doing the movie, but anyway, last summer they would come through, and we some of us, some of us are in the movie, and I don't know when that that should be done this summer sometime. They're still editing it, his daughters and people. But anyway, he will be with us. And so anybody that you know that needs to meet somebody that's been tortured and been tied to a tree for almost a year and 
and loves the Lord and is just a regular brother, um, I think it's worthwhile setting the time aside if you possibly can. So, all right, I think that's enough for announcements. I don't know if I miss anything. Yes, brothers meeting, and that's when? First Saturday, August. We're going to try to do it the first Saturday of every month for a while and see how it works. Because if we don't, it just never happens. So it's been about three or four months since we had the last one. Yes, we're going to have breakfast. Us men are going to cook hotcakes and stuff for each other. and It's nine. And the meeting? Right here. Right here in the meeting hall. And then, and then at, uh, he said, at 10, we're going to put the food away. We probably should put it away a little bit before that. But anyway, at 10, if you're not here, you don't get to come in at 10 and grab food because we're going to put it away on purpose. <laughs> because if you're not here to have breakfast, you're not going to get breakfast if you come in at 10. You're going to get a meeting. No breakfast. So we don't want a bunch of people sitting around eating. We're trying to have a men's meeting. So it's a special thing. If you want breakfast, that's extra special. So, and we'll have some good food. Lord willing. Yeah, she's going to be bringing hot cake, and I'll probably bring some potatoes and cook them. And we'll have eggs and sausage, and so it's going to be a feast. Unless you want to fast. If we want to all agree to fast, we can fast once in a while, too. But I thought it would be a good way to, you know, maybe it'd be edifying for us men to cook, cook breakfast. And maybe we can trade off. But I think this week, me and James will do most of it. Are you committed, James, to doing that? All right. So me and James are going to be the main cooks this week, unless somebody else begs to do it, okay? And we'll let you help if you want. So it's going to be a good time. If you can possibly come, do. Special men's meeting. And you can bring your young, your young men with you if, if you so choose. Fathers can have any young men, they can bring them with them. Even boys. So it's up to dads. Hmm. Well, let's... Uh, Yes, I should probably, well, maybe I'll just, maybe I'll read a scripture first. Maybe I'll do it a little more like some traditional people do. It's, kind of, I, it's not really bad, so let's read a scripture out of Numbers. I kind of liked what they did at Roseburg. They actually read scripture. And we're going to go, let's see, I better get my glasses off so I can see. Get my earplugs so I don't keep hearing myself for a while. So now if anybody wants to say something, you're going to have to speak up. So I got my ear, my earplugs, my hearing earplugs out. <laughs> so let's uh, first of all read numbers and I think it's in 35 yes 35 and and we'll read 16 down to 21 so I would like Samuel Vanoy you want to either stand up or speak loudly, I want you to read that, 16 uh, through 25. Mm-hmm.
And you can read 30 and 31. Whoso killeth any person, the murderer shall be put to death by a mob of witnesses. But one witness shall not testify against any person who cause him to die. Moreover, we shall take no satisfaction for the life of a murderer, which is guilty of death, but he shall surely be put to death. Hey, Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you, God, that you have something to say to us. Today. So, Lord, I ask that things would be clear and it wouldn't just be tossed up and mixed up things. I pray, God, that you would take your word and you would apply it to our lives. Help me, God, today to quicken my mind, Lord, with the things that you want said. And if there's something I haven't even thought about that needs to be said, I pray, God, that you'd quicken it. While I'm standing here, and Lord, I want to acknowledge your spirit, the Holy Ghost, the power of the resurrected life. Without that, we can give a nice teaching, and it can be instructive. But God, I pray today that you would, there could be impartation from you today, and you'd help me to be a channel for that. Thank you for your saints, the called out ones. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, be with us. Amen. So i got some questions that I'm probably going to answer. So they're kind of like questions that um, you can answer, actually, if you want. What is a person that lies? Correct. What is a person that drinks and gets drunk often? A drunkard, correct. What is a person that commits adultery? Adulterer, right? What is a person that overeats, a lot often called? A glutton. What is a person that worships idols called? Okay. Now, can you think of anything else? Hmm? I better get my hearing aids back in, I guess. All right, I'm sorry. All right, we'll put them back in. If I'm going to ask questions, I better have them in. All right, so any others? What is a person called that steals. steals? What are they called? Right. Anything else? Yeah, right. So what is somebody? So, yeah, I'm going to get into that. Isn't it somebody that kills somebody? Otherwise, the guy that killed the guy that killed the guy would be a murderer. So, 
So a murderer is um, somebody that kills somebody on purpose, not accidentally, right? So if you're walking along or you're doing your hammer and your hammer actually falls in your hand, hits somebody and kills them, then you're not a murderer, right? If you take the hammer on purpose and kill somebody, then you're a murderer. An idolater is somebody that worships idols. So we'll look at some of these things. I was really um, challenged. And it's funny how sometimes things like this encourage me. It actually encourages me to think about those things. And Jesus had something to do about all these things. We've also been listening to a book yesterday on the way up to... Um, Thompson Falls on the way back, we listened to a book called, it's a horrible book in many ways, the first part of it. It's a Christian story of a missionary in about 1955, 56, that went to Papua New Guinea called Peace Child. And they had revenge, and they killed, made friends with people, and they kill them and eat them. They're horrible, horrible book. Horrible people that Jesus came for. And they heard that the two ones, the white man was coming and they were going to have to give up revenge and they were going to have to give up killing and eating eating their enemies. And they were thinking, well, we better get revenge quickly because when the two ones get here, whenever they come, something happens to these people back in here and they we can't do revenge anymore. And they couldn't even imagine living without revenge. But all they knew is that these people were like, other spirits or some strange people, they had, they had white faces and they had these strange clothes. It's a good book to read, but it's a hard book. It's, it's I don't know, at a certain age, maybe you don't want to be reading it. But Gloria said, you had me reading this book. It's horrible. And I said, yes, it is. So we put it on and I started listening to it. And I even told him, please turn it off. Yeah, I said, please turn this off. Gloria said, well, you've been having me read it. Can't, I, can't you hear it? I said, oh, okay. So I did, we listened to it. It got a little better. So the idea of the lostness of human beings, us, all of us, it's, we may be, we're protected from that because we weren't raised in that kind of a culture. And the ladies were even worse, it said. They actually encouraged the men to do this, to get revenge. And they were the ones helping cook up the people they'd killed and all this stuff. I thought, wow, I'd forgot how bad it was. The story of these missionaries. They were murderers. In the Old Covenant, there's one solution for murderers. What was that? that we just read. It's to be killed. Slay. The slayer had a ministry to kill murderers. If you accidentally killed somebody, they had a city of refuge where you could come. You had to stay there till that priest died. And if you left before the priest died, then the slayer could kill you. But as long as you stayed in the city of refuge, you were safe. So there wasn't much hope for, there was no hope for a murderer under the law of God and Moses without Christ. So let's read a few things here. I might need a little help. Who wants to read today? Let's have, um, well, how about um, Merlin, how about you read, would you mind reading Chapter 3 of Romans and verse 4 and maybe a few verses around that. And let's see, James, do you want to read John 
1 John chapter 2, verse 4, and if you want to read a few verses around that. And Sam, would you mind reading 1 John chapter 4, 20 and 21? And we'll just hear the God's Word. And you can read a little bit around if you think you need to, because I, I read a little around, some of it was pretty good. So Merlin's turn. You could do that, yeah. Amen. What if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? God forbid. Yea, let God be true, but every man a liar, as it is written. Thou that that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings, and mightest overcome when thou art judged. Amen. Who's next? And hereby we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith, he abideth in him, ought himself also to walk, even as he walked. Okay. So, all men are liars, it says in Romans. This one says anybody who doesn't keep God's commandments is a liar. So, what does that one say, Sam, that you're reading? First John 4, 20, 21. If a man say, I love God, and hate his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God loveth his brother. There's quite a few things that say we're liars. I noticed I was looking that up. So if we all are liars, that covers it. But then it says if we say we love God and hate our brother, we're a liar. Then it says if we love God and we don't keep his commandments, we're a liar. And then Jesus says something about that. In Gospel of John, isn't that one too? I didn't write that down. I'm trying to think. No, that's a different one. That doesn't say that. Okay, we got a few others here. Any comments about it? I mean, it's this is. So, what do we call a, a person that lies? And so, the scripture seems to say that we can be a liar by our actions. We can say we love God, which is a good thing to say, but if we hate our brother, we're a liar. If we say we love God, we don't keep his commandments, we're a liar. And then everyone that's born in the world is a liar before they come to Christ, right? You don't have to stay a liar. Mm-hmm. The devil's a liar and the father of it. He that tells a lie speaks of his own, and he's a liar and the father of it. So if we lie, then we have a father, and he's called the devil. He's a liar. He's the father of the lie, I should say. Maybe that's a bit more right way to say that. So the next one, well, the person, number two, what is the person that drinks and gets drunk often? I think Simeon said a drunkard. 
or an alcoholic, we call him today, but the Bible calls him a drunkard. So let's look at a few scriptures. It's not as many on that, really. Um, there's some in, um, let's see, where are they at here? Okay, that's a good one. Okay, well, let's look at that. First Corinthians 6. And you can interject today. How's that? Unless I get excited, then, then you won't be able to interject, okay? But if right now, if anybody wants to interject some scriptures, this is, uh, I'm leading a Bible study right now, okay? So that, that means that you're supposed to participate. 1 Corinthians 6. Who wants to read that? And what verses are... Look at some of those verses. Okay, First Corinthians six nine through ten. Um, would Elijah like to read that? First Corinthians six nine through ten. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. So, what does that say? That says these kind of people are not true Christians. So what happens when somebody teaches that we're going to go to heaven if we're living in any of those kinds of things? Are they a true Christian? If somebody's a swindler or a drunkard or a liar or a, what's the rest of them say there? Yeah, that's fitting with, with, with what verse would that be fitting with? I agree, but so here we are. Hmm? Right, so of such like, I mean, not that the unrighteous, unrighteous means they're not doing what's right, thinking right, living right, they're actually living uh, like a person lives if they don't have Jesus living in their heart, if they're not born of the Spirit of God. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. So evidently, even back then, some people got deceived thinking they could do some of this stuff. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, that's having sex with somebody when you're not married to them, nor idolaters, that's worshiping anything but the Lord, nor adulterers, that's having a sexual relationship with somebody that you're not your wife or your husband, nor feminine, and Elijah's newer rendering of that said, I think, homosexuals, nor abusers themselves with mankind, nor thieves, they're covetous, that's people that are just can't wait to get something somebody else has, covetous in their heart, they just want what somebody else has, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. And say everybody that got saved had been doing this stuff. But such were some of you. But you're washed... And we're washed by the Word, we're washed by the Spirit, both of those things. We, and, but you're washed and you're sanctified, which means set apart. Uh, but you are justified, which means you're made into a new person. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So 
That's what a Christian is. is when those things haven't happened in our life, we're not a Christian. We're not born again. Um, there's one, in, one more in Genesis that I wanted to read. Genesis chapter, let me see here. Chapter 4. And this is a story, and we're just going to read it because it's pretty short. And Adam knew his wife Eve. She conceived and bare, or she had a baby, and it was Cain, called him Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain was a tiller of the ground. So in the process of time, it came to pass, after they grew up and got however old they were, probably grew up, that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord, and Abel also brought of the firstlings of his flock of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and his offering he had no respect, had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, or very mad, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? Thou doest well, you do what's right, you're obedient, you do what you know is right. Shall, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire. Sin shall have a desire for you, and you shall rule over him. You're going to rule over him. He's not going to, you're not going to do what you, these things that you have a desire to do that are wrong. And Cain talked with Abel, his brother. Did he listen to God? Did Cain listen very good? He might have heard it, but he didn't. He didn't let it go into his heart, did it? He said, in a good and honest heart, some receive the word in a good and honest heart. Bring forth 30, 60, and 100-fold, Jesus says. So Cain didn't do that. He gives him an exhortation. God himself gives him an exhortation. And he tells him, if you do well, you're going to be accepted. And if you do not well, sin lies at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire. And thou shalt rule over him. You've got to rule over the sin. You're going to rule over the temptations that come into your life. And Cain talked with Abel, his brother. And it came to pass. So Cain had something going on in his heart that wasn't good. Just like these Indians we were listening to in Peace Child. They, the more they thought about somebody, they, they wanted to kill him. And so it didn't just happen. They happened to be talking to his brother. He got mad at him and killed him. He had a problem with his brother for a while. We don't know how long. Could have been a day, could have been a week, could have been a year. We don't know. But it had been a little while. And Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass, when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother. And he slew him. He killed him. He murdered him. You could say in cold blood. Because he was doing what was right. And it upset him very much. So he had vengeance in his heart towards his brother because God accepted him. And he knew God accepted him. And instead of him humbling himself, saying, God, I was wrong. I have a wrong heart, God. He could have overcame. He could have been saved in the sense of what it was then. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. And now art thou cursed from the earth which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. When thou tellest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive and vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. So that just showing the thing about murder. Anyway, I just, it started pretty early on, this idea that 
it. If you don't do what's right, sin lies at the door. It's just ready for you. Said it's desires for you. It's desires to control you. But he says you shall master it. You shall master sin. Master the temptations. But they're in a fallen condition. But Abel offered a sacrifice of uh, probably some lambs. So let's go on down. I just wanted to realize that this whole idea has been going on since men fell, women. And so now that we're saved, if we really are saved, then there's a fruit that starts coming into our life. And we just read about that. Okay. Okay, I read that one. Okay. Read that one. Okay, let's go to Matthew. Who would like to read Matthew chapter 15, verse 19? And you can read a few verses above it and below it if you like. And Mark. Maybe we'll just start over again. Maybe Merlin, you can read that one. Matthew 15 and 19 and a few verses around it. And um, James, if you want to read Mark 7, 21. And um, let's see here. Samuel Van Oy, 5, 21. And read a few verses extra around that. And then um, Galatians. And then Revelations 9. 21, Elijah, you can pick up a few of them. And I guess that's probably good for right now. Yeah, 15, 19, and if you see a couple verses above and below it to seem fitting to read, just add them in. Do not ye yet understand that whatsoever entereth into the mouth goeth entereth in at the mouth, goeth into the belly and is cast out into the draught. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulterers, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands defiles not a man. So there's something happening in the heart that God is not only interested in only the actions now, Jesus is interested in our heart. Go ahead, James. So any comments on them verses? So Jesus now is, uh, the law said if a person killed somebody, we read in Numbers, that they, if they were a murderer, they were to be killed by the slayer. And then now that we're, Jesus is here, 
he's bringing it down and he's trying to get people ready for the new covenant. And he's saying now that it's within these things happen. And we also see that with Cain. It was from within. He hated his brother and he waited for the time then to kill him physically, literally. So I just, that's what I'm reading. I'll read a few more things and I'll say a few things here once we get a few more read. Um, so let's read one more in Acts. Uh, oh, no, you who did, who did I give them to that didn't read yet? Sam, did you read yours yet? Okay. And Elijah, so you guys go ahead and read yours. Galatians 5, Envyings, murder, drunkenness, rambling, and chastisement. Out of which I tell you before, and I have also told you in time past, that they who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And Revelation 9, uh, 20 21. The rest of mankind who are not killed by these plagues do not repent of the work of their hands, so as not to worship demons and the idols of gold and silver and of brass and of stone and of wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their immorality, nor of their thefts. So they repented not. Now, in that, I've I seen, I, I seen a hope. Because the word repented not means they could have repented. To me, that's what it means. They could have repented. The murderers could have repented. And the peace child, a bunch of them did eventually repent. And that story in Papua New Guinea, down in, where's that at in the world? I don't even know where Papua New Guinea's at. I keep thinking South America. It's not South America, is it? It's above Australia. Wow. They repented. And they were murderers. And they, and the wives and everybody were, they, they liked doing it. And they were cannibals. I mean, you know, under the law, and we say in our country, people's a murder, you, you know, they should be executed, right? I mean, that's what I feel about it. So it's kind of strange. These missionaries going to people that I would think, and according to the law, should be executed. But how would you ever get them saved when both tribes are that way? I mean, both tribes are murdering each other, eating each other. And they're total pagans. And they get saved. Murderers, cannibals get saved. It says here in Revelation, they repented not of their fornications, of their murders, and their thefts, and their... So that, to me, is saying that God really cares. And he's given people an opportunity to change. Okay, here's another one. Um, this is bringing it pretty close to home, but it also it's it was real close to home with people. Listen, Acts, you want to read this, David? Acts chapter 7, verse 52, and if you want to read a few verses around that, you can.
752. Yep. Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. What house will you build me? <clears throat> Saith the Lord. Or what is the place of my rest? Hath not my hand made all these things? Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so do you. Do ye. <clears throat> Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them which showed before of the coming of the just one, of whom ye have been now the betrayers and murderers, who have, who have received the law by the disposition of angels and have not kept it. When wow. they heard of these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed on him with their teeth. Oh, I just better read the rest of the good part of it here. I mean, it's good for good in one sense. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and said, saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet. His name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God. Stephen, while he was calling upon God. They stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. So I told them they were the murderers. And he told them that which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they slain them with the sword. They killed them. They slain them which showed before of the coming of the just one, of whom you have now been the betrayers and murderers. So he's telling the Jewish people, you are murderers of Jesus. And Stephen is being killed by these people, and he isn't even asking them to be killed. And he dies. He says, don't, what is, how did he say it? Similar to what Jesus said, he said it a little different, but the heart was the same. Kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, lay not this sin to their charge. When he had said this, he fell asleep, or he died. And Saul was there, and he was happy that Stephen was killed. And Jesus met Saul later, and he... He became a brother, and a lot of the brothers were pretty scared of him at first because he'd been helping these Christians get killed, helping them get put in jail, and he wanted to stamp out Christianity. So we kind of read these things, but how was it in the early church when somebody had been, if somebody around here, and we may come to this, but if somebody around here had killed one of us, say that somebody come in here and, and they were a Jew, and they killed me, or one of you, and um, got David and put him in jail, and then now he becomes a brother. It would how it might take a little bit. You'd want to know he was a real brother, right? And um, there was one man that was pretty close to God, Ananias. God said, go to Paul. 
or Saul and pray for him. He prays and he says, well, but he's, I've heard about him. I mean, he's coming here to, to you know, kill us and put us in jail and, and you want me to go pray for him? He says, yeah, he's a chosen vessel. And I just, I'm amazed at Ananias's ability to hear God's voice that well. Most of the brethren didn't hear it that well. They were scared of him for a while. And he went and he prayed for him and scales fell off his lies and he was, um, and he said, that I suffered more than they all, but he said, I, how do you say it? But I persecuted the church of God. Paul did. Well, let's look what happens when we're born again. Um, well, maybe we'll read one more. Um, let's, uh, let's turn to First Timothy chapter 1. Let's read a few verses there, and then we'll, we'll get to the good news after we see that we are murderers, that we're, we're sinners. First Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9. First Timothy, I'm sorry, First Timothy chapter 1 verse 9. I'm going to read a few verses with it. I'm going to start in three. I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine or no other teaching. Neither give heed to fables. That's just like stories, made up stories. And endless genealogies which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in faith, so do. It says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So that you can give to people and that will produce faith. Now the end of the commandment is charity. Out of a pure heart. That's that benevolent love. My Bible has that number by it, 26. Benevolent love that loves a person according to what they need to be loved, maybe not what they want. Charity out of a pure heart and a good conscience and a faith unfeigned. means pure faith. From which some having swerved, which some having swerved, have turned aside unto vain jangling. And it's not God's word anymore, it's other things. What you think, what I think. Desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor wherever they affirm. Take little bits of the Bible here and there and out of context and make it say what they want, in other words. But we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, somebody that's living for God, somebody that's been born again, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly, for sinners, for unholy, for, for profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind. Homosexuality, whoremongers. For men stealers, people that have slaves and steal people. For liars, all those things we've already covered. For perjured persons, 
If there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine or sound teaching, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed unto my trust. I better read the rest. I thank Jesus Christ, our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before, what, a blasphemer, a persecutor, an injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundantly, abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding. I'm rereading it on purpose. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all ex expectation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. We read that. It says all are what? We read that, I think, in Romans, right? All. It doesn't say some people are all. All are liars, I think it says. Of whom I am chief, how be it? For this cause I obtain mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern or an example to them which should hereafter believe. That's you and me. On him to life everlasting. Now the King eternal, immortal, invisible, to the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Wow. That's what God does. He takes murderers. He takes sinners. And he, Paul said, and some were some of you. We're all were sinners. We've all come short of the glory of God. But there's some people that actually have done, actually done the horrible things. Let's go back to Galatians 5. And I think I'll wrap it up with that. Galatians 5. Hmm. Or maybe it's four. Let's see where I'm at here. Oh, I'm in the wrong. No, I'm, I was in six, that's why. I didn't realize Galatians had chapter six, so it's my problem. Okay, we read the parts to all the bad stuff, right? But the fruit of the Spirit, when it's in you, when you're born again, when you come to Jesus... And he's living in your heart, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, is joy, is peace, is long-suffering, is gentleness. I'm putting the word is because it, it's, it's not out of context, really. Is goodness, is faith, is meekness, is temperance. Against such there's no law. And they that are Christ's belong to Jesus Christ, in other words, Christ with apostrophe S, have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. And if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. And if any man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual. doesn't say jump on him. doesn't say uh, cast him out of the church immediately. It says if he's overtaken in a fault. Isn't he practicing? He's overtaken in a fault. Ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering Thyself, yourself, lest thou also be tempted, bear you one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. 
If any man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work. And this includes you ladies, mankind. That's what it means. Let every man prove his own work. And then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. And he goes on about another thing. He talks about sowing and reaping. So to me, God's word has become really good. The parts, as well as the things that people like to talk about, that you were some of these things. You were a sinner if you're saved. If you're not a saved, you're still a sinner. Some people say, you know, I'm a saved sinner. No, you're not. It's not scriptural to be a saved sinner. You might sin, but you're not a sinner, according to the Bible. Because if we sin, so you're not a sinner. In other words, you don't have to sin if you're really saved. You might make a mistake. You might do something that's wrong, but you don't have to do it. A lot of people say, I am a sinner. And some of them love Jesus, but really they're not a sinner if they're born again. They're not practicing sin. They're not willfully sinning. It says that you sin not. Read Romans. If you don't believe me, read the whole book of Romans. Read it carefully. You'll find out that we're not sinners. If anybody thinks you are a sinner, I would love to go with you through the whole book of Romans. We'll spend a whole day. By the time you're done, if you still believe you're a sinner, I'll be shocked. <laughs> so that you sin not. Says he's, uh, he justified the ungodly. I think it's in Romans chapter 5. So how did he do that? He makes you a new person. So why did he come into the world? To just forgive us and we keep living in sin? We keep murdering people? We keep committing adultery? We keep lying and stealing and cheating. Is that what it's about? I was listening to, um, any of you know David? Yeah, some of you know David Skinner. Taking Bibles down. He just got some more translated down in uh, South America or somewhere down there. Sowie, how do you say that? Sowie tribe or something? I don't know. But anyway, I was really appreciated. He said a bunch of stuff about that. You know, why do we preach the gospel? So people stay the same? So I'm just forgiven and I keep on sinning? Keep on committing murder? Keep being a cannibal? I mean, that's saying it really bad, but... Or do we get saved? Does he save us from our sin? Now, does that mean we don't have any sin? No. Having sin to me is like day and night difference. Having sin means I'm doing everything I know that's right. And from God's perspective, he's going to show me some things that I still don't have a perfect attitude of. And you. But we don't live in sin. We're not living in sin. We're not bound to be a murderer anymore or an adulterer. Even in heart. Somebody says, well, yeah, you are in your heart. No, you don't have to be. You don't have to commit adultery in your heart. You might be tempted. You don't have to give in to those thoughts. It says, take every thought captive. Do you ever have to take a thought captive? I do. Simeon's going, yes. You have to take your thoughts captive sometimes? Every day? Pretty much I do. Sometimes every hour. Sometimes every minute. Pending. And sometimes I go for a long time. I just have great, good thoughts. 
Amen. It's a good journey. Is that what you said? It's a journey? Amen. Anybody else want to say something? I've said what I'm going to say pretty much, I think. I'm, I just like to hear from you. What do you think of this? Good. That's God's word. That brings faith in your heart, right? You read that and you tell God, I agree with it. And when you do agree with God, that's faith. Agreeing from our heart. It's a fact, but it's also a reality by the Spirit of God. Anybody else have a scripture they want to read? Mm-hmm. How wonderful it is that Jesus went to the very root of the tree 
So, so that, you know what I mean? The Holy Spirit comes in, and so we get rid of all the roots of all these things that cause mankind to coming down to being a cannibal. I mean, it's like that, you know, and what we see now with all the junk that's around us with, with people that are cursed because of all the filthy things that are going on. It all is because of this root there that's so filthy. I just love this. It's, you know, it says, um, every man that has this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. You know, I thank God for the Holy Spirit today that he can show me things so I can actually be pure as Christ is pure. You know what I'm saying? So so murder, all these things, the roots of them, going to, going deep to the, to, to the, the mm -hmm. last little thing can be rooted out because of God. And so I can live in eternity in a blessed state. Otherwise, I wouldn't even enjoy it up there if I had roots of this stuff still growing in there. I could be envious of someone, someone else, you know, like all that stuff that makes a person so unhappy. I just praise the Lord for the salvation. It's awesome. Yeah. I'm taking care of a lady who, in her mid-70s, uh, uh, her and her husband, Christian, pure guy, thing to be Christians, all this stuff. And um, this was three months ago or so, uh, <clears throat> talking to her about the news or whatever, and she breaks down crying and saying that she, they had, uh, she had enough kids, and, and her and her husband had decided to have an abortion like forty years ago, and uh, he, she found out that all these years it was bothering him just the same as it was her and they, they had gone together for prayer and to repent ask God for forgiveness for that abortion mm -hmm. and it was like the week prior to me seeing her and, um, and uh, she was like a lady over that and God, God missed her to that and it killed both of them mm -hmm. and so I was just <clears throat> looking at these how they rock Stephen and, mm -hmm. and and how right now all these people who killed 60 million plus babies are um, starting to have to face the death of murder mm -hmm. and the anger in response and just praying that God will break, break into that and mm -hmm. all these hearts with his blood that we read in the numbers about all this blood and we read in Numbers about how the, the land for blood pollutes the land and no atonement can be made for the land for the blood that was shed except by the blood of one's like we need Jesus. Because yeah. our land is Yeah. So I guess I just want to say what's happened in my heart is sometimes I want justice and I think the government sometimes needs to do that. If we're going to reach the lost, us being one of them that God has reached, and God comes to save murderers and all the rest. I figure in the early church, I don't know if Baal was around still or not. I don't know if the Romans had stopped that, but in the Old Testament time, they would burn their children, I guess alive, or kill them and throw them in these fires, these gods. And so in the day... The abortions have been going on for 50 years in this country legally, kind of legally, I guess, through a court order. But And then 
now we have these legal things of operating on boys and little boys and girls turn trying to make them into a man or woman so all of this stuff you you know as a as a parent and as an older person sometimes i just there's a part of me that wishes i could just go kill all these people but that isn't really what jesus did In the Old Testament, that's what they did. You killed these people. Got rid of them. You had the manslayer. Killed somebody who was a murderer. Somebody did these different things, and you read, the, read through it. So Jesus came to save sinners. Murderers. Wow. And then he said what murderers were. If we hate our brother, we're murderers. So he, he got, or John said that. So God's getting our attitude of our hearts. So justice, you kill the wicked people. And if somebody's going to hurt my children, I'll do what I can to stop them. But there's something so glorious when you have a gospel, Jesus' gospel, that changes murderers, changes adulterers, changes, you know, changes, I've said good sinners, but he changes people. And um, so, yeah, you might want to read The Peace Child if you're old enough to, and you might want to think about the kind of sinners God saves, pretty bad ones. I can't think of anything much worse than I read in that book. People befriending people on purpose so they can kill them and eat them. I mean, I can't think of anything worse. For months, befriend people. And the people would think they were their friend. And then when they got them totally confident they were their friend, then they would kill them. And they enjoyed that kind of stuff. But I guess the reason for me, I almost turned it off last night because I just could hardly stand it. If Glory wouldn't have said, well, you're having me read it, you know, you should be able to listen to this dad i thought well we got so i probably i would have i'd have jackie turn it off but as i went through it and i started seeing how god worked in people's lives i haven't got the end of the book yet i'd read a little bit off and on and seen the movie on but i kind of forgot how bad these people were and we got people in our country that are very bad these people that are mutilating children are very bad doctors and so forth are doing this stuff and abortion docs and all the other stuff that's going on god's going to save some of these folks he's going to save some of these sinners he's going to save some sinners and some of these people are going to be like paul they're going to be some of the best advocates for jesus christ when they get saved really saved peter loved god and the others all love god but paul seemed to have a more of a zeal against evil than anybody else because he'd been probably the most evil thinking he was doing it, in his case, for God. But God can even save people that, that know they're evil. Like these cannibals basically knew they were evil, but they didn't know anything else. They were raised that way since they were little kids. And um, I, I just, um, I was reawakened to the love of God for horrible people. Because I really don't like little people getting hurt. So I feel like it kind of went with what Merlin said last week. He think he's asked the question, are you going to make it? Something to that effect. And so are we going to make it? Are we going to follow the Lord? And certainly, let's not make excuses for ourselves. Let's not use the gospel and turn it into the grace of God in lasciviousness and say that it's a license for sin. That's what lasciviousness means. Let's be real Christians. We're redeemed from sin. We're forgiven, but we're redeemed. We've been raised together with Christ, and according to Romans chapter 6, and been baptized unto his death, that we might be raised up together with him to walk in newness of life. 
So thank you all for coming. Thanks for the discussion. Anybody else have anything they want to say? And, and I will pray for the food and, and fellowship. So thank you all for coming. Thank you, Jesus, for coming. <laughs> what, would, what would a meeting be like without Jesus? be pretty bad. you like those cannibals. <laughs> so let's see here. Who should I ask to pray? Shouldn't be that hard, but I always... Simeon! Yes, Simeon. You can pray for the food this afternoon.